Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 21st episode of One for One post-Oilers playoff edition of One for One. I'm very sad. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, how you, how you holding up? Um, 21, which would be a good episode in Blackjack, a terrible episode in One for One. I <laughs> I'm dealing with it. Um, things are starting to turn around. I'm starting to see colors again. Uh, I've been watching a lot of videos of dogs. It's making me feel a little bit better, a little less bleak. Are you watching like Marley and Me though? No, fuck that. No, like yeah, uh, just, just... just like Instagram Explore. Because that because because Marley and Me would be the the complete opposite. No, I need like uh, I have the attention span of a six year old. So if the video is more than thirty seconds, I can't. I simply can't. That's that's fair. I, I I actually do have that sometimes where I'm I'm just not able to just focus. I I have like obviously I've mentioned multiple times that I'm a big film guy, but there are some times where I just have a tough time like keeping my focus straight. And it's like I mean to because um, at least like when I eat, like when I eat, I like to watch something. I think well, I think a lot of people do, but. Um, my goal is that I want to find like a new show to watch while I eat, and I just keep on watching The Office, which is super basic of me, but I I I don't care. It's like my comfort food. That's like your that's your time killer series when you're just sitting on your phone scrolling, but you need something in the background. It's The Office. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. My, I, I'm I'm How I Met Your Mother or Family Guy. Those are my two. Yeah, it, Taylor it, like Taylor and I went on a run of crushing Family Guy for a while there, and. It's like those first, those first like nine seasons of Family Guy are so good. Are they so funny? And then they turn into just Seth MacFarlane being a wiener. Matt, I disagree with that because I've been watching some of the later seasons and a lot of the jokes, while like pretty crude and pretty in your face, there's a few where you'll go, oh, like there, there's a couple damn zingers in there. I'll make I'll I'll make that exact noise. A ho, 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 ho. <laughs> like a like a British monarch. <laughs> how uh, how is your Sunday, Miles? Uh, my Sunday's been pretty low key. Uh, put a sump pit in yesterday. Um, a little one for one bingo. We'll get to that uh, as to why that had to happen. But uh, yeah, today's basically just been recovering from that. A little bit of housework and cleaning up and different things like that. What about yourself? Uh, I. Actually, I had a, probably one of the least productive days I've had in a while. Well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that because I um, I woke up and then decided that, or so I slept in for one, and then I watched the new Bo Burnham special, uh, Inside. Uh, have you have you watched any of the Bo Burnham like specials before? No, and he's no, fantastic. No. I, I I love Bo Burnham, but anyways, yeah, very good. In case you haven't watched it yet, but. I watched that, and then I decided it was going to be silly and fuck around and go for a run. Oh. So I went for a run today, Ooh. and I am already regretting it. I was sucking wind through my ass, through like 2K in, and I was just dying. 
Um, so I think I did like five and a half K today, but I obviously had to stop and like stop, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. It was absolutely terrible, but I'm going to get back into my, uh, running boy routines. I think gives you an excuse to eat an entire loaf of garlic bread by yourself. You've got it. Exactly. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, eating garlic bread, the, uh, Oilers will sure be able to eat a lot of garlic bread now that they're off for the fucking season now no they won't Nolan because garlic bread is for winners the Oilers are not winners Uh, Oilers are losers you know we're really lucky that we're recording this like almost well basically a week after the elimination because uh I mean this is this is toned down this is significantly toned down yeah the I think I think the way to describe it was in game four I was kind of immune in game four. And then when they took it to overtime, I definitely got my excitement back. And then obviously when they inevitably lost it, um, it's just like, it was more disappointing just because they worked their asses off. But beforehand I was just kind of, I was just kind of numb. Cause I'm like, they blew that, they blew that lead. And that was that, that could have been the turning point of the whole series. But um, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> But it's, uh, yeah, I, I, f- I feel a little bit better. And then obviously the exit interviews after um, really made me feel a lot better about everything. And uh, I've got those pulled up for after we talk about this game. But um, should we talk about the last game of the Edmonton Oilers season? Yeah, I think so. I'll paint the picture for you, Nolan. Uh, anyway, in Regina, it's a, it's a gloomy Victoria Day Monday. Um, there's rain. There's clouds in the sky we've just recorded our 20th episode have it out there for people to listen to pre-game uh i i make a i make a salad and chop up some some meat in it and i'm sitting in the basement i got a diet pepsi cherry no free ads and i'm pumped because i'm i'm thinking you know this is when it all turns around this is when the oilers uh you know get Rattle some get some footing in a row get some footing in this series and and make something of it we've just put all of our chips on 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 the boys here in the last episode and yeah it's, this has got to be it walk downstairs to turn on my light in the corner set the ambiance get excited get comfortable step in water oh fuck i have a flooded basement dun, dun, dun. So I start scrambling uh, to find a dehumidifier, shop vac, fans, all that good stuff, pulling back carpet, doing all the handy reno boy things that I can, um, and don't get to watch the game. So you were screaming internally basically the entire time because not only were the Oilers playing, but you also had a very flooded basement. Not very flooded. That's the thing. It wasn't oh. that bad, but I, th- I, th- I was just very lucky to have caught it at the time that I did and stopped like damage to things happening but enough enough so that i couldn't watch the game um which was sad because it turned out to be the last one of the season so with my sad sob story out of the way i'll turn it over to you and let you recap things and i'll jump in with commentary since i've had a week to catch up and watch highlights and what not weep okay so the Oilers going into this game facing their first sweep since 1999 after the Game 3 heartbreaker that we already alluded to where they blew a 4-1 lead in the final 10 minutes of the game. We won't talk about that anymore because it'll just make me sad. Anyways, Dave Tippett says, all right, I got to win this game. I got to pull out the cheat code. 
And you might be thinking, what's a cheat code? What's what's a cheat code for this game, Nolan? Could it be McDavid Dreisaitl together? How about McDavid Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins all on the same line? Who fucking knows? No, we all know who it is for Dave Tippett. It's number four, Chris Russell. (sighs) Paired up with Adam Larson. Anyways... So enter Chris. So enters Chris Russell. Um, needless to say, this game started off with uh, the exact way you'd expect for the first uh, for the first period, which ended up being uh, their teeth basically got kicked in uh, for the first twenty minutes or so. Outshot twelve to five. Um, my least favorite player in the league, Mark Scheifele, opened up the scoring, and uh, then Connor McDavid followed that up with a juicy wraparound goal. No more than two minutes later. Uh, then to close out the period, Mason Appleton scores on a shitty deflected goal from a Josh Morrissey shot, in which I said, fuck! Um, it, it, yeah, like, the, fir- the first period of this game was just not good, and, uh, but I knew that the team was not going to go down without a fight. Um, one of the things that people had kind of talked about, and this is going to get into the broad scope of this game and actually this season in general, and this franchise um, was the Connor McDavid out- outburst. I'm putting that in quotes. Uh, at Nobody knows who it is, whether or not it was Jesse Pugliarvi or whoever it was. It could have been Glenn Gallatin. Everybody's kind of specu- spe- speculating on who it was. I'll probably choose worst case scenario and say it was Jesse Pugliarvi. Jesse Because as they were trying to exit the zone and trying to enter into the offensive zone, um, the Jesse Pugliarvi would not get out of the way for them to um, basically bring the puck into the neutral zone to at least get to at least get the change in. Um, and which Connor McDavid, if you read his lips, some people have said it looks a lot, uh, looks something along the lines of, uh, you know, uh, for fuck's sakes, Jesse, you just have to take the pass and get out of the way or whatever, something along those lines. Nonetheless, it was just, uh, it was a guy that was upset with the situation and I don't blame him. He's, <laughs> his team's down 3-0 in the series and they are getting off to a terrible start. So I don't blame Connor McDavid for being passionate. It's okay. Um, it's not like he is uh, uh, telling his teammate that he's a fucking idiot. It's just sometimes a, a player needs a bit of a talking to. Um, but the good news was is that that passion led to a far better second period, which the Oilers outshot the Jets 12-6. to And Ryan Nugent Hopkins potting his first of the playoffs to tie it up. Yes, I like to think that um, Nuge listened to the episode pregame uh, when they stepped off the ice for warm-ups and was like, yeah, i got to score one for, for the guys here. They're, they, they've really taken the monkey off my chest, and now it's time for me to pot one. So felt very good to see that pop up on the stat line. Yeah, in which uh, when, when they scored, I, uh, I absolutely did have to shout out Miles' Twitter account, so uh, follow us on Twitter, one for one pod. Um, and then after that... Don't call him daddy. Alex Chason with some nifty hands in the power play. Now, I will say, happy Alex Chason scored on the power play. Good for him. But I don't know about you when you rewatch the highlight, but like the way he got the puck and scooped it in was very slow motion for me. <laughs> like I was like, wait a minute. He actually did that. He actually scored on that because the way he actually held the puck and got it in the net was just very surprising to me. It looked like something that nine times, like nine out of 10 simulations, you do that. He's not scoring whatsoever. So no, he was on, he was on some like 
Adderall shit where everything around yeah. him was slowing down and he was able to just talk. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that put the Oilers up 3-2 with the third still to play. Leading us into the third period, in which the third period seems to be the uh, story. Denied. The uh, story of this team. With 6-0-1 left in the third, Ethan Bear sends the puck on a just... We'll, we'll we'll get to Ethan Bear in general, but we'll, uh, I, we won't put it lightly. An, a horrible pass, an awful, awful pass. No, which goes, no, no, and that wasn't delivery. That was Delicio. That was an absolute pizza onto the ta- onto the tape of Blake Wheeler. Sent the pass to uh, Blake Wheeler, who worked it over to Kyle Connor, and then who sold Mike Smith and the entire defense to leave our guy Gamer Mark wide open to tie up the game. Friggin' fricker. And there was a lot of talk about the face Connor McDavid made after this, and people saying, "Oh, that's a that's a very childish way to react after." And basically, what he did was he kind of smiled and and shook his head as like a "You've got to be fucking kidding me" face, which. If I was in that situation where I just come off of a uh, uh, my, my team blew a four one lead and now my team has just blown a three two lead, I'd be pretty pissed off too. So, um, yeah, we we won't we won't get into to, too much into that stuff. But uh, anyways, uh, that was the end of the third period, leading us into our third straight overtime. Um, what I will say about the overtimes is they all seem to blend together quite well. Um, they and, and, and it was really due to the fact that my blood pressure was 190 over 130, um, basically losing my mind the entire time that the Oilers were going to get swept and that they were going to be done. Um, and a, a, a contributing factor to that was the fact that Dave Tippett did not play the bottom pairing of Slater Cuckoo and Ethan Bay. Ethan, oh Jesus, Ethan Bear, uh, for the entire overtime time. So all three periods of overtime, they did not touch the ice uh, until a very important moment. Um, and then in addition to that, they also did not play most of the bottom six, which don't typically recommend this strategy of playing your players um, or uh, 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 play, playing your players a little bit too much, and that's kind of exactly what happened. Um, if you want to see moral Connor McDavid, look at uh, the beginning of the third the third overtime. Um, when the puck gets on Connor McDavid's stick, there just no, nothing was able to happen, and I don't blame him for that. I mean, it it happened, and there's not really much they could do about it. But uh, the one that everyone wants to talk about is uh, the doc, the doc himself. Darnell Nurse messing around with 62 minutes played. What a warrior. Um, Including a five-minute shift. You heard that. A five-minute shift in, I believe it was the first overtime. And, you know, I... (laughs) I'm all about about playing your best players, but... uh, not a good call there, David. Yeah, I think um, I think much much as we were putting all of our chips on black at the start of that game, uh, that's what Tippett was doing was putting all of his chips on the guys uh, to finish it off early, and then he was like, "Ah, fuck, we're going to the second overtime. Gotta ride it out," and just kept that going for the rest of the overtime. Uh, bold well, strategy, bold play. The problem um, that I had with that whole thing was that 
when you don't play the like you have you have an ace up your sleeve. All you have to do in an overtime period is chuck Ryan McLeod on the ice. He's fast as shit. And he'll probably score because you're you're going after the Winnipeg Jets who are dead tired and just want this game to be over with. You throw Ryan McLeod on the ice, he's got fresh legs. Done. But we will talk about what ended up happening uh, to close off the game. And the third overtime, Dave Tippett decides he's finally going to throw a Slater Cuckoo and Ethan Bear back on the ice um, in an important defensive zone shift. Hey boys, I know you haven't used your legs in about a half an hour here, but I'm really going to need you to get out there and uh, make an impact play. And then uh, Connor McDavid unfortunately turns over the puck as well, which leads to a streaking Kyle Connor. And uh, the the best part about this is that uh, this moment is a perfect encapsulation of the final shot of the Oilers season, which is Kyle Connor on a breakaway being chased after by Tyson Berry. <laughs> And Kyle Connor effectively ends the season for the Edmonton Oilers. And, uh, yeah. So. What a season it was, Nolan. What a season. What a season it was. Um, One thing I wanted to mention is uh, seeing 32 minutes besides Chris Russell's name is something I never want to see again. That's the shit that fucking nightmares are made of. Um... (laughs) Like, genuinely terrifying. Um, but I figured we should take a little bit of time and just um, just break down, like, what re- what went, like, what happened? Like, what the hell happened? And, um, like, in, in the season or the series or the game or what? I, I guess everything. I guess we'll kind of break down, like, the, the issue of the Oilers this season and what ultimately happened in the playoffs, which I think it's probably pretty obvious, like, this team just doesn't have much for depth. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not a particularly deep team with uh, very little offensive creativity, and unfortunately, a lot of players that uh, just don't bring much to the table. Well, it's it's funny you bring up depth because like this team is a hell of a lot deeper when you have two legitimate centers centering two legitimate lines that Dave Tippett decides to pull the plug on after the first game of the series. Like that was the tail of the tape right there. As soon as dry, as soon as ninety-seven and twenty-nine go on the same line, it is over for for the Oilers in terms of depth. They have a fighting chance when there's two legitimate lines, especially the way that McLeod was playing. And I saw a comment from somebody recently that like they weren't very impressed with McLeod jumping in and like what he did and his points and how he played and blah 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 blah. But uh, Ryan McLeod was able to center his own line, and that's something that you know, made the team a lot more competitive. So in an NHL playoff game in the, too. In, in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that narrative, but, um, yeah, depth, uh, doesn't exist when you kneecap it at the starting line. I said to my dad, actually after that game, because, um, him and I were shooting the shit like the next day. And I said to him, I'm like, if I was in charge of making rash decisions, and like I was, I like if if I was emotional about decisions and didn't think about how like NHL structures worked, um, I would have fired Dave Tippett after that game. I I was done. Not playing Ethan Bear, Slater, Cuckoo. Um, if you're going to promote anyone to the top six with Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, who better than Devin Shore? <laughs> and then sending what what he was doing. Then he sent. Uh, so he moved 
he moved uh, uh, Yamamoto up to the top line with Dreisaitl and McDavid. Then he decided that he was going to throw Zach Cassian up on the second line with Devin Shore and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. On a side note, if this ends up being Ryan Nugent Hopkins' last game, I am so sorry, Ryan. I am so sorry that you had to deal with that in your last three overtimes for this hockey club. Um, but anyways, then he decides he's going to move uh, Yesipoli Yarvi after all the stuff in the first period happened. By the way, he was on the power play afterwards, and he did look really good. Um, so I don't think there's a, I don't think there's anything wrong with him and McDavid. I think it's okay. Um, it was just a mistake. It happens, whatever. But what he did, like, and 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 not playing Ryan McLeod for that entire overtime, like, that's that's insanity to me. That's complete and utter insanity. And do, then, do you think the cherry on top with Bear and Cuckoo back on the ice? Here you go, boys. Yeah. Do you think that Dave Tippett? has kind of like the Cleveland Browns issue going on with him where they're not going to get rid of him simply based on the like revolving door that co- have, that that's been the coaching situation in Edmonton and that they're going to keep him around for organizational stability. So, this is a question that um has been brought up. Well, I, it it was more brought up in the media because they had asked Ken Holland about it. Um Basically, Dave Tippett's about to enter into the third year of a three-year deal, and apparently after that, he's looking to take it year by year. So I think ultimately you have to have, like, I know this is going to sound silly, and we don't want, like, NHL fans don't want the NHL to turn into the NBA, but unfortunately when you have superstar talents like McDavid and Drysaddle, you have to you have to factor them in into big into big decisions with this hockey team. It's just, it's just a fact. Like, you have to do it. Um and if it comes down to it and they say, all right, Connor, like, we're going to move on from Dave. Dave got us here. And I think, there, like, like I've said, there are a lot of things that Dave Tippett has done really well. I think he has instilled certain qualities into this hockey team that are very important, certain defensive structure, like what he's done with Darnell Nurse and what he's done with Ethan Bear. I think he is a big reason why those players are the way they are now. However... um, if you're going to be a, a, an, an NHL head coach in 2021, you cannot be making the lineup decisions that you are. I just don't think that that's right. I think that you're, uh, I, I think that you're going to set yourself up for failure, and you're setting your players up for failure. And I don't think McDavid and Drysaddle are going to be are going to be okay with that. And we'll get to the um, the exit interviews because that 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 has a quote from Leon Drysaddle that I want to talk about, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think if, if it doesn't go well this season, like if they don't make a playoff run, and Frank Saravalli had had talked about, but that this is supposed to be the most important off season in franchise history, from what he said, and he's he's pretty well connected. Um, unfortunately, he's uh, he's telling he, he's thinking that the Nuge thing is not quite as confirmed as everyone else thinks it might be, which is concerning. Like handshake agreement confirmed. No, like he's thinking that there's a possibility that he might leave the Oilers, like yeah. big time possibility, because just because he, other teams can offer him money that the Oilers don't want to offer him. Right. And on one hand, I can understand not paying him seven and a half million dollars because of the playoff run he had and the year he had, and you know what what does he actually do? He doesn't drive his own line or anything like that. However, 
I think when you have your star player saying that this guy is a part of your core, I think that is quite important. And if you want to keep up some stability and some consistency in your leadership group, you should probably hold on to him. Um, but at the same time, if Ryan Nugent Hopkins is coming in saying, I can get $7.5 million from Columbus, then I don't do that. No, It's just... It's just a fact. I saw an interesting tweet, and it was like, yeah, if you go after Tatar or who's the other centerman uh, on Montreal that's been linked? Deneau? Yeah. If you go over Deneau, if you go for Deneau and Tatar uh, and, you know, land one of them but lose Nuge, now you're just a team with Thomas Tatar, right? Yeah, like, I agree. If you're, if we learned anything from this playoff run, it was that the Oilers have a lack of depth. We talked about that yeah. literally 15 minutes ago. Uh, doesn't do you any good to lose Ryan Nugent Hopkins because he's probably one of the deeper players on that team in, term, yeah. in terms of being able to like be yeah. a piece, right? So um, scary is how I would sum that. Yeah, up. it's 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 not it's not great, and um, and so it, it's and and it's also like the versatility he also offers to the team too. I mean, he's a lead penalty killer. He's a great defensive player. He's he's awesome. Like we we are all aboard the Nugent train here. Um, but we'll get into a full-blown sort of, um, I guess, like, not like kind of sort of dream off-season scenario maybe next week. And we'll discuss some of that because we won't have any Oilers stuff to talk about. But, uh, I mean, this this is going to be the most important off-season coming up. But anyways, as I was getting back to my original point with Dave Tippett, if this team doesn't go on a run next year, sorry, he's done. There's no excuse. Ken Holland has absolutely no excuse. And I said this in, I said, I've said this once, or I've said this twice now, and I'll say it again. If this team is not competing for a Stanley, if they are not contenders next year, then both Ken Holland and Dave Tippett's job should be on the line because it's unacceptable at this point. Um, did you have any last things you wanted to mention about the season itself or the games before I get to the exit interviews? X interviews would be a better use of our time because I'm sad. Okay. Well, uh, on one positive note, it looks like Adam Larson will most likely be back. Uh, Elliot Friedman is reporting that he's pretty well done on a three or four year deal. And he said it's close to his AAV now, which I don't like. I really don't want a four by four deal for Adam Larson. That scares me considerably. Um, but if it's like a four-year deal, like, and I know we're talking about three, or we're talking about half a million dollar on a cap hit, but I mean, half a million dollars, half a million dollars. So, if I, anyways, if, if I made a time, like, you know, all those memes where it's like, if I went back in time and gave like a medieval peasant like a sour soother, what, do you, like, do you think that they just combust? Um, do you think if I went back to third episode Nolan and was like, hey, the Oilers are going to be re-signing Adam Larson and you're going to be happy about it, would you just like internally combust? Probably, yeah. It's funny because I, I never would have thought that. Now, change. the only thing that really, like, the big thing that concerns me about this is that it's a contract year, and it's like, is this good? Like, because if you uh, pay attention to, um, you pay if you pay attention to uh, uh, Jay Fresh Hockey's uh, metrics, uh, Adam Larson was graded out as the second best defensive defenseman in the NHL, which is awesome. Also, Colorado just scored. We love it. If there's one thing Edmonton loves, it's giving guys a lot of money. It's giving um, well-known contract contractor performers good money. CC uh, Zach Cassian. This is also why this whole like Ryan Nugent Hopkins stuff makes me mad because it's like if you pay Zach Cassian more money 
and you screw Ryan Eugene Hopkins, like I I can't take you seriously. Like that that's that's tough. Like that's a tough one to deal with. Um, but anyways, Adam Larson had said uh, about his future with the organization. I love it here. I love the guys, the city, the fans, everything. Uh, to give you a better read on it, I haven't heard much from my agent. Um, but anyways, he was like, who knows what the future brings, but I love the organization and, every, and everyone around it. Um, Nuge had something similar to say, um, that he loves being an oiler. He always has. Uh, his goal is to stay an oiler right now. It's like, obviously, the contract situation isn't on his mind. Um, now, what I will say is I think, I think Nuge gets done. I think it gets done no matter what. Uh, I think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel, uh, actually, I might as well use that as a segue to talk about um, McDavid's comments. Um, segue. We have, a, we have a great core here. Leon, Nursey, Nuge, Lars, these are the guys I've, I've kind of grown up with. We want to see this thing through together and to, do this, uh, to, and to do this thing right as a group. It's special to be able to play with these guys. It feels like we're light years away, but we're also a lot closer than it feels today. Um, then he followed that up with about like the team's com or like his confidence in the team taking a next step because obviously elephant out of the room or elephant in the room everybody's been talking about the whole well Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl one out of Edmonton oh should should he request a trade and all this fucking nonsense that's been talked about. Um, so going back to his confidence uh, in the group taking the next step, that's the goal. You want to get better each and every offseason. I think part of it is adding pieces, and I think the other part is developing and continuing to grow your game and everyone else's game. Uh, for everyone to continue to push to get better, the Bouchards of the world, the McLeods of the world, those are the guys that really need to come in and keep pushing us forward. I've got a, I got another level I can go to. Leo's got another level. Everyone's got another gear uh, they can get to. That's what keeps us pushing forward collectively, just finding another gear. Which, by the way, Connor McDavid finding another gear, goodness gracious. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to score 180 points on the Pacific Division next yeah. year. <laughs> um, but I will say, I think the person that I, I who, who made me happy, uh, or who made me happiest, uh, was Leon Dreisaitl. And I will get to his comments. Just give me one second here. Uh, at any point, did he say Danka? He did, he did, he did not say Danka, um, but he did say, uh, "Oh my God, where?" Okay, no, I want to see. Do you have any Do you have any thoughts while I'm trying to find what I'm trying to find? No, I feel like you're gonna cut most of this. <laughs> <laughs> Things I um, hate with Miles and Nolan. Oh my God, I've. I literally had it on my freaking screen here. Sound like Mark oh. Shifley. My freaking screen. Oh, is that is that Leon? <sighs> Could you imagine being a Winnipeg Jet and being in that room and like, okay, here's our leader, Mark Shifley. Like, Mark, what do you want to say? Hey, guys, we're going to rip their freaking heads off. We're going to go out there <laughs> and we're going to bust our butts and we're going to put in a hard 60 minutes. Like... Hey guys, I'm not gonna back check for you. So um, yeah, have fun. We're gonna play. We're gonna play super hard, and we're gonna we're gonna freaking we're gonna freaking freaking hit them. Anyways, whatever. Uh, person I was most excited with was Leon Dreisel, who basically um, just kind of confirmed everything that I was thinking, which was they have a really great core, and it goes back to the conversation about um, you know whether or not these guys are in it for the long haul, and. 
Nurse also touched upon this, which was like these guys have grown up together. Like these guys have 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 come up through the Oilers development system altogether. I mean, you look at the you look at the fall of 2015. You're going to have guys like McDavid, Drysaddle, Nurse right there um, that have all sort of well, and also Bear and Jones as well. So these guys have all sort of developed and um, and have 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 developed into just incredible talents now. Um, but like I said, we'll dive into a little bit more next week. I think just with regards to the off season plans, we're kind of a little short on time right now, but I wanted to give a couple shout outs to, uh, some other stuff. Uh, congratulations to Daryl and his fiance, Michaela on the birth of their son, Aiden. Um, very, very, very happy to see that. And good for him after playing 62 minutes. Uh, he followed that up by becoming a father only hours later. So he was luckily able to get back in time, uh, but apparently he was not going to play. And then his, uh, and then Michaela said, "Nope, you have to go play because you'll regret it." And he says, "You're right, I will regret it." And um, unfortunately, they couldn't get the win, but he did get the win by getting or by having a fucking child. So good for Darnell. Yay! Yeah, I think he's that think, dude. No, that kid's gonna be a starting pitcher in the MLB. Like the pedigree, the athletic pedigree yeah. that that family has is insane. Yeah, he's gonna be the next fucking Deion Sanders. He's oh, gonna that. he's gonna be in like the NHL and the NFL. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um. It, okay, we'll we'll save the we'll save the crappy one for the for the very end. But um, congratulations to the Condors uh, on their second consecutive Pacific Division title after Tyler Benson. Someone we've talked lots about scored the game-winning goal to defeat the Henderson Silver Knights, which is obviously the 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 the, the B version of the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> but uh, very nice to see, uh, ve- like awesome to see that Jay Woodcroft is um, having a hell of a time with uh, with the AHL team down there, and a lot of those guys are developing. And Raphael Lavoie, I mean, he killed the last week or so. So, uh, kids a shooter. Mm-hmm. Maybe a potential guy in training camp. We'll see. Who knows? Wouldn't mind seeing a wouldn't mind seeing a Benson McLeod Lavoie line. That'd be pretty nasty. Also, wouldn't um, hate to see Lavoie get a chance to play with a puck mover like McDavid. Oh. Um, he's I think he he's like six three and like a hundred and eighty pounds soaking wet. Maybe he's a little yeah. bit bigger now, but if he can fill out a little bit more, like yeah. and knock it knock off the puck, that would be nasty to see McDavid in between two big strong like guys that have shots would yeah. be would and be, right uh, shot too he's a he, he's a he's right a shot guy yeah, so. which would be beautiful to see uh, yeah. second straight pacific division championship nolan don't let's not uh, get it twisted y- so it's the second consecutive pacific division title um this is basically their calder cup this year like because they had a playoff for the pacific division it's very weird with the, how the ahl did it they lost in the playoffs for the last season that was played but with this one, this was basically their version of like the Calder Cup, right. if that makes sense. No, I, I know what I'm saying. Two years in a row to win their division. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, Tyler Benson, guy we've talked about a lot. Uh, and we've also talked about Instagram stories a lot. Um, I just think it's funny that someone with a lot more followers than him has the time to look at our stuff and Tyler Benson <laughs> doesn't. So fuck you, Tyler Benson. Come on the show he's, and defend yourself. I think yourself. he's also private, though. Yeah, but like, check it out. I made a joke about Coors Light. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. I, I just want to be friends that. with Tyler Benson. I feel like Tyler yeah. Benson would be a sick dude to be friends with. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
and and the 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 thing I love about him too is he's always commenting on everybody's shit. Yeah, like he's he's he's, he's very active on he's very active on social. And it's all yeah. He's very he's he's the supportive friend you want. Yeah, exactly. Like, hey, do, do you think I should get bangs? And Benson's like, oh my god, King, yes, get bangs. You would look so good. Um, but uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum. I can't believe we're talking about this, and I can't believe we have to talk about like this. Is so just awful and terrible, and everything that's fucking just god awful with fucking society. Are you, um, dude, are you really that surprised in Western Canada? It no, sucks. I'm not. But it it's sucks, just it but... sucks. But it, it's like it's like terrible truth. It's like it, it's it's like terrible truths. Like we, it's like you know when we hear about a fucking tragedy happen, it's like we're not surprised, but it's still awful to hear, right? Like, and. Like, people need to fuck off with the racist Ethan Bear bullshit. Um, like, we talked about it, about uh, the mistakes that Ethan Bear had in both Game 3 and Game 4. It sucks. We're, like, there's, but there's not a whole lot you can do. And no matter what, at the end of the day, not only should a player not be attacked for stuff like this, but they should also not be attacked because of their fucking heritage, you psychos. So, I just... Uh, can we fucking stop with this? It's the same with the whole uh, uh, Maxime Comtois thing what happened at the World Junior. Sorry, not the same, but similar situation where uh, Maxime Comtois and the uh, uh, the the, can- uh, the Canadian uh, World Junior team, and he got fucking bullied online for that shit. And it's and then Ethan Bear now getting all this racist shit thrown at him. It's like how? And I obviously know that we like we know that this isn't all Oiler fans are all of Western Canada. It's a shitty select few, and but it just shows that this shit's still fucking out there, and I, it ta- I hate it. Takes hate less to than see it. it takes less than average intelligence to see an opportunity to attack somebody from behind a screen um, because there's, like, the omnidity behind it. Um, yeah. It's not surprising at all, but it's so disappointing that, yeah, exactly. some, that, that somebody yeah, would do it. that. And we've been, like big tire pumpers of of mr bear and his play and his future with the oilers um and like it it isn't something that you can just skip over because it is really important to denounce that but at the same time it almost makes me feel bad talking about it because we're like giving these people you know that because that's that's what they want right they want people to be like talking about it and like look at the shit we said and ha 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 and all that, right? Which is kind of counterproductive to the whole like omnity thing, whatever. But stupid, dumb, uh, bright spot is yesterday, kind of not a great thing during a pandemic. There was a large gathering outside of Rogers Center <laughs> where Ethan Bear and his family uh, drove by in his truck and like waved. And there was a lot of people with signs, honking horns and being super supportive of Ethan Bear. And I think that that's really good that the community was able to come together and show support how quickly the team did it and all the guys standing up for him and the coaching staff and players around the league and like guys that he played junior with and uh, the city of Edmonton and everybody coming to support him shows that, you know, it's not the, it's not the squeaky wheel getting the grease, that it's the squeaky wheel like falling off. Uh, so that made me feel really good and glad that Ethan Bear is cemented in, you know, his spot as a leader in the indigenous community and at Edmonton. And I, uh, he's going to have like 50 points next season just because he's going to, he's going to put everyone on blast after all that shit. Oh yeah. Like, I'm coming out boys. I'm, I'm coming. Um, but 
the one another thing I want to mention too, and this is the, the this will be the last Oilers thing. I know that we're kind of skipping over a lot because there were, there was a lot that I wanted to get into with regards to like takes and stuff like that because a lot of it was just so stupid. Um, maybe we'll touch upon that next week, but uh, kudos to the team and like Ethan's teammates all for standing up for him, which was which was awesome to see. Um, Obviously, the the big one everyone was waiting on was Connor McDavid, and he delivered and came out and and uh, came out in came out in support of a teammate. And at the same time, you should be like, well, obviously he should because that would be a monster monstrous thing to do to not uh, stand up for that stuff. But um, yeah, it, it just it was just really nice to hear, and and especially too from a guy like uh, uh, Dominic Cahoon, where we we don't exactly know if he's going to be back next season. Oh, side note. Uh, Joachim Nygaard, six-year deal in the SHL. <laughs> oh my goodness! How mad do you think he? How mad do you think Dave Tippett made him? Uh, mad enough to sign a six-year contract in Sweden. Uh, yeah, he's like, I am never playing in the NHL again. See you later, alligator. <laughs> All I want is meatballs and IKEA. Bye. <laughs> well, Miles, that pretty well closes it up for Oilers stuff for this week. Um, like I said, we'll we'll dive into a lot more of that stuff. Um, probably post probably playoffs. When thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. When things. Oh are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. We'll get, oh shit, we'll, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But we'll yeah, get creative. Guy. I th- I think next week I want to do like a full blown like preview of like guys that I want them to go after because guys. there's a lot of there's a lot of money available in case you weren't uh, in case you weren't aware. Speaking of a lot of money available, um, there's a lot of stuff available in the playoffs right now stuff's going on there yeah yeah i think i think i think your segue is a loose wheel squeaky um, <laughs> so we talked about it last episode but the bruins dispatched alexander ovechkin the suspendable washington capitals in five games um nolan's notes i'm gonna read for him bruins <laughs> fucking rock insanely deep in their forward group rask murdered the capitals um, take it away, fella. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was, I was probably gonna put some more stuff in, but uh, we kind of ran out of time. But I mean, it was just dominance by Boston. I, I, I don't Bruins, really think there was ever a... Bruins fucking rock is really yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's exactly it, man. Like, I mean, the I just the, pic- the, 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 I the Bruins Dave, murdered him. <laughs> I pictured David like pasta on like a electric keyboard, like wearing his Barbie girl sunglasses and Patrice Bergeron singing lead, and you know they're all on guitars and they're like, "Fuck the Capitals!" And then Zdeno Zdeno Char is standing, peering through the glass as the rain pours down on him. Like this was supposed to be my swan song. Um, I have a really hard time getting behind the Bruins. Um, and I don't want to see them succeed. Sorry to Bon Hamilton and Tina, the science guy. I could not want the Bruins to do any better at all. Fuck them so hard. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the team that the Bruins are going to be playing, the Islanders got rid of the Penguins in six games. So oh, I'm two for two so far. Wowzers. Oh. <laughs> Wowzers. Um, you're two for two, but you're two for two because Tristan Jari is... Zero <laughs> is zero for cheeks. a that's thousand. What I, that's what I fucking said, man. Tristan Jari is unemployed. That is what Tristan Jari is. Ouch. Uh, there's a meme. I never, I never want to hear another bad thing about Mike Smith ever again in my yeah. life. After I watched the what the fucking Tristan Jari did to the Penguins. There's, you know, the like upgrade. Oh fuck, go back meme. 
it's that yeah. it's like Marc Andre Fleury upgrade, and then it's Matt Murray, and it's like, oh fuck, go back, and then it's Tristan Jari, and it's like, I said go back, and I think I hate to, I hate to be that guy, but I think you made that joke in the last episode. Well, it's so good, I'm doing it <laughs> twice, and it's uh, it's working. So uh, sorry, Miles. If anybody, yeah, fuck whatever, dude, I don't care. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, the Islanders are so deep. I hate to be that guy, but the Islanders are so deep. I'm sorry. We're doing this thing at work where we're mocking each other and it's carrying over into like my daily life. And I think that this that's is, why that's people not, don't want to see That's not a thing that's called bullying. <laughs> oh, oh, really? <laughs> um, speaking of bullying, the Tampa Bay Lightning absolutely bullied their interstate rival. Did they? Absolutely. absolutely bullied them. Uh, um, they brought guys back from injury and then spanked them in multiple games. Um, I know that some of the games were close, whatever. Shout out Spencer Knight. He played really well. Um, that kid's going to have a very bright future in the Sunshine State. See what I did there? That's good stuff. That'll make up for recycling jokes. Um, yeah, exactly. But, wow, Tampa still looks really good. I've taken some heat from you recently, Nolan, where I've said that I've gone back on back and forth on my pick uh, as for who's going to win the cup. Um, Tampa looks really good and only makes me feel better in what happened with who they'll be playing. You want to go over that series? Yeah, because the Hurricanes survived a scare against the Preds in six. Um, the story of this game is UC Soros, man. And to segue it back to the Oilers, UC Saros is a 5'11 goalie who's hyper-athletic and really good. Guess he's 5'11 and hyper-athletic. Ilya Konovalov, baby. Yeah, um, boy. Yeah, it's same thing. We've, we've, we've got the next UC Saros. Let's go. Uh, but, uh, but no, man, I, I mean, the Hurricanes were, were, were lucky to get away with this one because the games weren't particularly, like, much of a blowout as a lot of people were expecting, including us. Yeah. I think we said, I think we said Canes in four. Yeah. We, well, that's where the Marty Huggins joke came from. Bring your brooms. Cause it's a mess. Oh yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a mess. It was not a mess. It was, it was a bad time for Carolina land. The fact that they were able to get out of there. Cause at one point it was looking like Nashville had the gas, Nashville had the juice and that they were going to make a little bit of an upsetty spaghetti on them, um, which they didn't get to do. So Carolina being the cup favorite front runner in a lot of people's minds being the, you know, nuclear option uh, out of the East uh, really didn't look as advertised. So that series, uh, Tampa Bay, you played really well played against a very hard, very well-built Florida Panthers team. Your reward is a potentially declining uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Psych, did you see their sweet video that they posted, Nolan? And I know you did because I put it on our Instagram. Uh, yes, I did. So Nolan was giving me some shit because I made a bandwagon comment about the Carolina Hurricanes without thinking um, of, of the year two, 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 2006. Um, which is bad, bad voodoo, bad juju bad for miles. bad miles. But man, okay. So Rod Brindamer is like a fifty. Brindamer. Brindamer. I'm from I'm from Newfoundland. Uh, Rod Brindamer is like a fifty, sixty year old man, right? He's like forty eight, I think. He retired in like he retired in like two thousand nine. Okay, um, but his <laughs> his dad would be an elderly man. Would you not yes. concede? Yes. Yes. yes I agree. So very nice that the Carolina Hurricanes, after getting a big win against the Nashville Predators, all got together in the room and sang Rod Brindamer, Mr. Brindamer's dad, 
uh, a happy birthday message on the phone. That's very sweet and that's very nice. And that made me uh, have a soft spot for the Hurricanes. So I wouldn't say that that's my pick. Still not my pick, but gosh darn, it's hard to root for a bunch of good, polite fellas singing happy birthday to an old man. Yeah, I still think uh, I still think Tampa's gonna take that take that series because I just as much as I like the story of Alex Nedeljkovic, it's just you, you got you got to have some serious Cam Ward magic going on there. Is, okay, is Nedeljkovic American? Uh, I think he's Canadian because he has a the... buddy a buddy of mine, um, a buddy of mine who's friends with uh, Scott Wedgwood. The, the Wedgwood deal. and Wedgwood and my friend and Nadelkovich all went golfing together like a year ago. I think he's from Canada. Very cool. Um, kind yeah. of wrecks what I was like. That is like that's sick. Um, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be like the fuck. It's it was it gonna be like the um like the Neil Pyong situation. No, I was gonna say like. Is he Canadian or American? Because he has like a I ex like he you know like uh, I went my parents went to Lake Placid and all I got was this crappy T-shirt. <laughs> Nadelkovich has like a my family escaped persecution in Russia and all I Jesus got was this crazy Christ. last name. <laughs> Is that not okay? <laughs> Oh no! Oh my God! I can't believe you just said that. Is that gonna get bleeped out? I'm not bleeping. If I didn't bleep my Ryan O'Reilly drunk driving joke, I'm not bleeping that out. Oh, stick to sports. Don't get political. Oh my God! Um, speaking of Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> The Colorado Avalanche euthanized the St. Louis Blues in four games. Um, the only note I had for this game was a quote from Ryan O'Reilly. We're going to have some fun, and we're going to beat them. Cold takes exposed. Did you, yeah, that, that aged like sour cream in the sun. <laughs> uh, did you see what Gabriel Aniskog said when they asked him about that? They're like, oh, yeah, was like, that locker room? It, like, was yeah, that poster board material? And Gabriel Aniskog was like, or maybe it was Miko Ratnan, whoever it was, was like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, bud. Not a good call. Stanley Cup champion, not a good call. At least you escaped Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, my God, man, that's insane. I escaped the Buffalo Sabres curse, and all I got was this crappy first-round exit. Also, the... Avalanche are just, I. It, are they fricking around and against Vegas right now? Uh, is is they're they're up two nothing and shots are twelve to six Colorado, and they're just com controlling pace. It's insane. It's like I, I haven't seen a team this fucking good in a very long time. Colorado, like dude, Devon Taves is unbelievable, unbelievable. I cannot believe they got him for two second round picks. Silly, silly, silly. Um, moving on from the Avs, <coughs> we move on to the second half of this series, which is that was uh, classless. What the, the cough in the microphone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was sucking wind through my ass earlier. Do you know? Do you, you remember, remember like that thing? Do you, do you remember last episode when Nolan said he was going to start smoking? Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm token on a dart. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know if you know like that thing when like when you go for like your first run and like you're not used to like your proper breathing patterns like when you're running and stuff. So your lung like your throat gets filled with shit until you like figure out how to properly breathe running again. Yeah, I that's you. what happened to me. I yeah, just I, me. I saw my opportunity to make a dart joke and I took it. Uh, no, that's okay. Um, but uh, Colorado meet Vegas after the Knights hold off the Wild in seven. And my uh, the one thing I want to say is, uh, God forbid the Wild get a proper number one center because that team is oh uh, uh, cameo by Miko Koskinen. Hi, buddy. El Mikosaurus. Meow, meow into the microphone. Uh, well, we are kind of recording know, right now. You don't usually respond. That's why oh, I did it. It's okay. Look at him. Cool. Stripey boy. He He's a very cute boy. Uh, but anyways, God forbid the Wild get a number one center. Like, if they get in the Jack Eichel sweepstakes, they're going to be so fucking good, man. Because uh, they gave Vegas a run for their money, and they were incredible. Dangerous by Cardinal off a shawl, please. <laughs> oh, uh, now Miko is currently swatting at his tail, in oh. case you were aware. Uh, but anyways, the last series, we're probably going to hold off on our comments because we don't want to say anything about it right now. Um, our lawyer told us not to say anything about this series. Uh, it's going to seven tomorrow, and we will, uh, we will, f- we will make a... We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see things after after that game is over. So we will hold off on uh, the uh, game that happened last night, and uh, that was played uh, in front of fans for the first time in this country. So, um, yeah, you can kind of figure it out. Last thing I want to mention: uh, Elliot Friedman kind of dropped a bomb last night uh, on the uh, uh, during the intermission uh, or during the second intermission of uh, the said game that I had previously mentioned uh, that Seth Jones. Apparently is not re-signing with Columbus, <laughs> which uh, I, I mean that that sucks for Columbus. I, now, granted, I I will say I do not want Seth Jones whatsoever. No, 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 no because uh, all of the underlying metrics and like the eye test too this season has not looked good for Seth Jones. He's just I know he played like a fucking eighty-seven minutes or whatever like in a playoff game a year ago, but um, yeah. Big, big, no way, Jose, and that's a guy that you are sure is going to be primed for like a hundred million dollars in a free agent contract. So, um, poor Columbus. Poor Columbus is right, man. They cannot retain star players uh, worth a worth a heck, um, worth a darn heck. Yeah, I don't. This is my like. That's my issue with a lot of um, like. I don't. We talk about parity in the NHL and like having like there's people that have wanted like a luxury tax and stuff like that, and I in once in one, like in one side I can I can be okay with like a luxury tax idea because it's like well then we're gonna get um, then a lot of the teams that aren't making as much money can make more money, um, but the other problem with that is like I don't want the NHL to become a to become a big market versus small market league and you know say what you want about uh you know about teams like the blues winning the cup but i mean like that's a great story and like that that's a great team and i think a lot of these teams should be um you know rewarded for getting the 
like having like that perfect proper concoction because look at a team like the friggin' jackets man like they've they, they they've made so many great trades they've made so many great signings they've drafted very 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 well and they just cannot hold on to these guys and it just it makes me sad like i i want them to cuz they're, otherwise they're just going to end up with a team full of Nick Felinos and Cam Atkinsons and as much as i like those players they're not going to be ones that are going to win you cups so yeah well Seth Jones just wants to go to a well, I guess Ohio's a red state. He wants to go to a redder state. <laughs> well, okay, so okay, so who who who's then who's who is then our pick for uh, for a Seth Jones landing spot? I don't think the cap works, but like, isn't he from Texas? I could see him going. Oh yeah, I could see yeah, him going so, to yeah. Dallas. But I, I like I said, I don't know how they make the money work, especially with how much is he's Manitoba blue. Uh, Manitoba is red. Manitoba's oh, red. Sorry, blue. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, blue. Okay. Canadian red. Yeah. 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 Anyways, okay. So, uh, I mean, Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. They Maybe need a, they need a D man, <laughs> and um, they would pay a fortune for Seth Jones. Let's make a deal. We'll get Caleb and and Seth on the same team. All you have to give us is Connor Hellebuck and your firstborn son. <laughs> yeah, you guys can give us uh, Nikolai Ehlers and Connor Hellebuck, and you guys can get Caleb Jones. And there first. you go. And it's first. yeah. Oh yeah, the first. We need all those extra assets. So, anyways, Miles, it's over. Um, this is a short episode, and it makes me kind of sad because it's the uh, it's the end of everything. But I will say, <laughs> sorry, not end of everything. That makes it sound like yeah, we're ending dude, the pod. That was sad. That was sad. yeah. But like, it's the end of the season, and I I don't like the end of the season. But um, what I will say is, I feel good about where this team's going. And I feel good about this up these upcoming couple months. Uh, I feel good about the buy-in from McDavid and Dreisaitl. I feel good about the potential return of Oscar Kleffbaum, maybe. Um, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I, I was very, 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 very sad. But now I'm, I'm feeling good. And I think all we have to do now is just continue to keep positive and... Uh, Hopefully Kenny doesn't disappoint us this off season. So I think that does it. Do you have any last things you want to say? Yes. So we've been getting messages about the Palooza. Um, we've had another slight bump in the road of getting uh, some spare time from uh, his or hers people's champion, as well as tabulating some of the results just because of the weird end of the season that was in the final games. Uh, so thank you for bearing with us as we find the time to finish that up and get the winner announced on hopefully next week's episode. Um, other than that, we have some plans for the summer, Nolan. We might as well fill fill the fill the people in on that. Uh, with the end of the Oilers season, we're going to be finishing up the playoffs just kind of on a little bit of a hockey discussion. And then this offseason, we're going to move into our offseason where we're going to be doing uh, a little bit less regular posting or less regular shows but we're going to try and keep them pretty entertaining with quizzes and features and hopefully some pretty cool interviews that we've got lined up as well yeah we've uh we've got some we've got some some pretty big stuff lined up knock on wood um but it's looking pretty good for us this summer and so i think that's gonna be a nice little treat to the people listening um but like you said, uh, taking some time off. Well, not not time off, but just kind of cutting back on the amount that we're going to be recording. Um, but what we are going to do is uh, you will get the very first 
in-person episode of One for One between Miles and I uh, this summer. We will have to figure out what we're going to do with regards to recording because we cannot record with our microphones in person because we'll just pick up each other's audio. So we may have to uh, give a call to uh, to our friend George and see if he can uh, if he can help us out with recording. So. Um, but we will get our first episode of uh, of an in-person discussion of One for One Out. Maybe we'll have a couple of pops while we're at it. But uh, I know I just aged myself to 47 with that. But uh, um, no, I'm excited. And it's uh, it'll be good. So with all that being said, Miles, or everybody, please follow us on Instagram at one underscore four one one underscore four underscore one pod and on Twitter at one for one pod. Please subscribe to the podcast as well as uh, leave a review, leave a five star review. We don't want anything less than a five star. Please leave a nice five star review helps us out, helps move us up the ladder. No, don't, with all that being said, don't pander. If you want to give us a four, give us a four, but tell us, I, no, but tell no. us why we got a four so yeah, we can get yeah. better. Yes. Okay, fine. I, I will, I will take that then. <laughs> give us a four and tell us why we why, or what, what we need to do better. Better yet, give us a five and then send us a DM and tell us what we need to do better. Yeah, th- there we'll, we go. We'll take that's, that. That's, that's the, the that's one. the proper option. I can already just hear the keyboard clicking. Like <laughs> made jokes about Russia that didn't sit well. Send. You said that in the same cadence as no more <laughs> scamming no adults. More scamming adults. adults. Speaking of scamming adults, thanks for tuning into the twenty first episode of the one for one podcast um i can't say it but i'm gonna as always go oilers go go oilers go psych we decided to come back because uh it is currently 9 52 p.m or 9 53 eastern time which means that you all know or sorry It's 9.53 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday night, Monday, May 31st, so you know what has just happened. The sweetest of victories when your team is out. Ole, 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 Let's fucking go. Uh, there is nobody in the world happier than Mark Bergevin right now. And joining us live from Montreal is Mark Bergevin. Mark, how's it going? Uh, it feels so good to beat the Leafs. Carey Price played so good. <laughs> Austin Matthews has a bad mustache. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just so gosh darn excited. Mark, he needs to take on your hair regimen, I think. <laughs> Man, Mark Bergervan's hair looks unbelievable. Did you see oh, him? Oh, it's in so that, nice. In that red suit, he looks he looks like um he looks like a ooh, what does he look like? He looks like an oil baron or like uh like a financial investor that is like spending the weekend away in Vegas away from his family and has like a very expensive call girl with him like touring around Vegas. <laughs> So you're saying that basically he's a um, he's the star of like a tushy.com video. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Neat. <laughs> that which I don't, is the spin-off. I don't, know what, I don't know what that is, Nolan. I don't know if our viewers know what, what, uh, what that it's is. A, it's, it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a spin-off of the um, let's just say the uh, the genre of video that we used to share in the uh, Blast from the Pats chat. 
Oh God. More We're talking about porn people, pornos. <laughs> <laughs> in case you were, in case you were wondering. Oh, uh, the, well, the one for one guys are creeps. We're a bunch of freakazoids. Um, just so everybody knows, because it's a least loss. I'm actually eating chocolate on camera and mid-recording, so I'm sorry that this grosses you out, but you know what? Sometimes, sometimes sweet moments deserve some sweet treats. I, want, I do want to preface by saying something, uh, and this will be the only nice thing I say about the Leafs for the remainder of this recording. There are a lot of good people in the world that are Leafs fans. There are a lot mm-hmm. of good. Yes. There are a lot of good people who support this podcast who are Leafs fans, and I do feel bad for you because a week ago, I was in your place, and I know how it feels. But the Toronto media. Is to the so, O-Dogs of the world. The, to the O-Dogs of the world, to the, to the noodles, to the, to the people who are saying Connor McDavid wants out of Edmonton, this one is for you. Um, Bitch Marner, $10.5 million player. Great, great to see ya. Austin Matthews, you're wasting your prime in, an, in a shitty town. Haven't left the first round in your whole career. Individual awards don't make up for it. Uh, give him a week till he's asking for a trade. Frederick Anderson, wasn't even playing. What happened to your franchise goalie? Morgan Riley likes to uh, play a lot of minutes, likes to block a lot of shots, doesn't like to win a lot of series. Uh, Joe Thornton, Nick Foligno, Wayne Simmons. Perennial losers. V- veteran leadership, <laughs> perennial losers. Thanks for coming out. John Tavares. Jason Spezza. Jason Spezza. Uh, John Tavares. I, Get better, I, buddy. I'm not going to beak. It's nice to see him skating again today. Yeah. Um, Zach Hyman, are you going to resign? I hope not. Uh, well, and you know who else I, I do feel genuinely bad for? I actually do feel bad for Steve Dangle because <laughs> he's legitimately on suicide watch. Because he's like legitimate. Like I watched his video after game six because he upload like he would upload like his. Well, typically he tries to upload like his videos like the next day, but the, like game six he uploaded that night, and uh, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically saying that if they lose seven, then he's going to have to like reconsider whether or not he's still cheering for the Toronto Maple Leafs and making videos after every loss. And like, I feel bad for that because I-, I know how it feels to be a fan, and I know how it would. Sorry, not only a fan, but like a full blown fanatic. Like that, like it sucks. It's heartbreaking. It hurts. It's just everything you don't want. And I've said this before to many people, and I'll say it again, but now over the pod but like to all the people that are that are that say stuff along the lines of like it's just a hockey game or it's just it's just a sport or it doesn't affect you or anything like that you just you'll never get you won't you don't get it and you never will because it's so hard it's so hard to describe the feeling you get when you hit those highs and you hit those lows like I'm a massive Philadelphia Eagles fan um and like when they won the Super Bowl I was like on the floor, like on my knees, crying, like out of pure happiness. And my love for the Oilers is like that times a hundred. And it's like when you hit those highs, like when you get past the first round against the Sharks, and you're fucking losing your mind over and that, you, and you're thinking, and you to yourself, wipe a like, single tear away from your eye on Facetime, yeah, and, and you and you get a screenshot with the TSN alert that the Oilers have won the first round. Um, but then you hit the lows of like, 
missing the playoffs and like getting swept by the Jets, ah. getting swept by the Jets, uh, blowing it to Chicago, like all those terrible things. It's just, it's like when your team gets eliminated, it's almost like a breakup. Like you feel, you almost don't feel like it happened and you're trying to go through like those stages of grief. And to be completely honest, this episode, I was going to try and frame everything around the five stages of grief or five or seven, depending on however you look at it. But like, that's basically what it is. So to wrap things up on the Leafs, um, yeah, I, I don't feel bad at all for the uh, regular Toronto fans, the Toronto media, the people that are going on Twitter and trying to read Connor McDavid's body language and basically trying to say that he needs to go to a quality organization like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, when uh, and I, I, I said this, I said this in a tweet from my own personal account, and I will read it over the air to everyone else. No free ads. No free ads, except to except to myself. Um, let me just, let me just pull this up. Um, oh my God. I said, I feel bad for Leaf fans. Actually, fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) After all the shit Oilers fans took for being swept and McDavid should go to, to a quality organization like Toronto. Well, guess what? We're both just a bunch of fucking losers. And that perfectly sums it up. Ain't that the truth, eh? Exactly. Now... We, Miles and I had actually talked about this a little bit earlier today because we were kind of reflecting on how our recording went last night. And there were a couple things that I wanted to touch on that I unfortunately didn't really write down in notes, but I ultimately wanted to get to because I think that there were some important things to sort of um, tidy up as a part of closing off this Oilers season because I don't really think that we gave it the proper due diligence that we needed to. Um, so I just wanted to touch upon a couple things. I wanted to maybe focus on some things that this team needs to work on, um, some things that we really liked about this season. Obviously, we know that we basically gave out, like, awards last show, but um, or, well, the show before that, but we want to kind of break it open and just kind of talk about the things that made us happy and the things that we're looking forward to. Like I said, next week we're going we're gonna to do more of a like breakdown of what we expect for the off season and who we want and all, all those kinds of things. That'll be, that'll be, that'll be a much more fun episode, I think. But um, yeah, for this one, I wanted to kind of break down the, uh, break down our sadness and uh, open it up and ultimately find some happiness in the long run. So Miles, what were your initial thoughts after the season was over and where you think this team needs to go this off season. Well, I said it, um, in the previous episode, episode 20, uh, maybe 19. I don't know. It's all a blur <laughs> that there was so much sadness around the Oilers this year. And so many, uh, passings of important people in and around the organization that like, I don't know, you, you have to kind of be grateful for, what was able to happen this season and like the individual performance that we got to see from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and the resurgence of uh, Mike Smith playing like a number one goal in the NHL, uh, Adam Larson coming back from like the passing of his father and a few mediocre seasons to be one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Um, the team were rallying around Jesse Puliarvi. So, I mean, like it sucks to lose in the first round, especially to get swept in the first round, but all in all, I wasn't like you hate to just be happy with the regular season, but I'm not happy with the season. I am content with the outcome. Does that make sense? Because Mm -hmm. you can't look at that bottom six and be like, this is a cup champion team. 
And, no, totally. And Ken yeah. Holland and the Oilers media and everybody was saying that they weren't a cup contender this year. Um, you could have hoped for a little bit more of a Cinderella story. And like we were saying, oh, yeah, they're going to come back. They're going to come back. Yeah, they're going to beat the Jets, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, um, what's the old saying? You can put lipstick on a pig, but at the end of the day, it's still a pig. And you can put lipstick on the Oilers, but at the end of the day, their bottom six was still, like, <laughs> slightly above AHL caliber. So I just here we are. <laughs> I just imagined a pair of arms coming around the Oilers logo and just putting lipstick on like the, on like the E. God, I wish I, I wish I was a graphic designer. <laughs> yeah, you kind of nailed it right on the head there. Um, I think if there's some signs of positivity, I mean, um, there's a few guys that I think we are just we're just reaching like we're just scraping the what's the fucking term? I'm lost for words right now. You're just so um, excited. Like, scratch, scratching the surface. That's what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> as, I, as I did a little finger motion. Um, like with a guy like Ryan McLeod, um, I know that I kind of I, I kind of jumped into my hyperbole of him looking like a 500-game NHL veteran, but um, I, I, I think that the sky's the limit for Ryan McLeod. I, I really think he's going to be an unbelievable player, and once you surround him with some offensive creativity um, – in that middle six, it's going to look pretty damn good. Um, I mean, say what you want about you know his, his effectiveness in his own end, but the step Darnell Nurse took this year was just incredible. Um, in the absence of Oscar Clefbaum, was able to come up and play those tough lefty minutes. Was uh, top five in minutes per game for a team. Like he was, he was everywhere. And I think that that's, I think that's very admirable. And I think him taking that next step is very important for the, the core of this group, um, which is going to bring me to my, to my overarching thing, um, which is the leadership. Um, I think despite the fact the Oilers were swept and despite the fact that the way everything went down and the way that it was ultimately a massive disappointment, I don't know about you, but I was so impressed by the way that this that this team and this group and like this core, like this leadership group, um, really took their next step. I mean, we're, I mean, we're 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 six years ahead of when McDavid was drafted, and he was just a you know young baby faced eighteen year old coming into this league, not knowing the ins and outs of it whatsoever, and now. I feel confident in calling him a true captain. Like the the step he took, and all you have to look at is Game Four. And we touched upon the initial freakout that he had um, on Yesipoli Yarvi in the in our previous recording of this. Yesipoli Yarvi. Yesipoli Yarvi. And uh, and but what I didn't touch on was the overtimes and. The thing I have never seen from Connor McDavid until now was him getting him getting the boys like riled up, like getting them going. And that was something that I think not very many people caught on video or anything like that because they showed it on the broadcast at one point and I had a massive smile on my face because I'm like, oh my God, like this is something we I I've never seen from Connor McDavid. Like this season it felt like was one of the first seasons where you really saw like that true energy and like true celebration from him. Especially after his teammates score big goals and things like that. Like he was he like he was dialed in. I mean there's that there's that picture of him and Leon in the uh uh in the uh reverse retro jerseys that is just 
awesome. And, um, and, and yeah, he was basically going down, you know, you know, going up and down the bench saying like, let's get it going. Like we can do this, we can get this. And yeah, it, it led to a disappointing result, but at the end of the day, like you want to see those steps taken by your captain and taken by the guy you want leading this franchise for the next 10 to 15 years. I mean, you know, he's only 24 years old and to add to that, he's 24 years old. I mean, the sky, I know I said the sky's the limit for Ryan McLeod, but seriously, there is no limit. Like, it's like the Mean Girls meme, the limit does not exist <laughs> with, <laughs> with uh, Connor McDavid. So I'm just I'm just so happy to see that. And it's, it's like I said, it's same with Darnell Nurse. Like, a, a lot of the guys during their exit interviews seemed excited about next season. And I yeah. think that's extremely admirable. I think we can both, and like, We've had a week to process, but I think we can sum up the Oilers playoffs as uh, hoping for the best, but expecting the worst. And yeah, exactly. And yeah. we got the worst. And yeah. um, I think a team kind of needs to build that scar tissue, and especially with that leadership core, uh, to like advance and get better. So um, next season, I am very excited to go watch some games in person. Uh, have a couple of adult beverages and scream at whoever else is in town. Hopefully with you. By the way, in case anyone wasn't aware, uh, assuming things go back to normal and, um, you know, we can uh, move on from uh, hashtag COVID-19, we can, uh, I am hoping that Miles and I can actually be there for the home opener at Rogers. And we can hear, give me a hell. Give me a yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I wanted to, I, I, I know I'm, I know I'm pumping my own tires tonight, but, um, I want to read another tweet and it was, uh, Oh my God. The, He's eating uh, Sour Patch Kids online and <laughs> reading his tweets. And, this is the Nolan and, Circle jerk. <laughs> and this was from the one for one Twitter account. And, um, this kind of sums up all of all of my thoughts over everything. And it is incredibly corny, and I am sorry about that. But anyways, uh, Ryan Rashaga tweeted basically about uh, a few big-picture Oiler thoughts. The organization decided not to push too many chips in the season, conservative at the deadline, preserving picks and assets. While that makes sense on a lot of levels, the price for that decision is in the playoffs when the big moments arrive. Um, Basically, he just kind of went over it and said, like, Ken Holland tried to be more aggressive the previous trade deadline. Obviously, the pandemic happened, and then his hands were kind of tied, which I get, but I also don't get at the same time. Nonetheless, we're not going to talk about the whole Ken Holland trade deadline thing. But anyways, so I wanted to basically sum up my tweet, or sorry, basically sum up the season and like sum up the the unfortunate circumstances at hand. Um, and this was done on the 25th, so two days after the loss. <sighs> But basically said, still pissed off with everything over the last 48 hours, but Rashog is essentially speculating everything we were hoping for. I know people are mad at Holland. I am too. This team still doesn't put stock into analytics, so I don't blame anyone for their lack of trust. At the end of the day, we all knew this was the offseason we were preparing for. If this team is not a Stanley Cup contender by next spring, then Holland's job should be on the line. If there's one thing this season taught us, it's the resiliency of the guys on this team. On the brink, on the brink of a sweep, this team took it to three overtimes with their coaches' boneheaded decisions. We saw our captain rally the troops. We saw a reclamation project become a budding star. Heartbreak sucks. We all have reason to be upset today, but remember, 
the night is darkest just before the dawn. Noel, by Nolan R. R. Martin. <laughs> I, I actually, I stole that line from The Dark Knight. <laughs> oh. Sorry, <laughs> but um, but no, man. I, I I and like I know we kind of talk. We 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 kind of hinted at this when we were talking about the whole Leafs loss. But I mean, the takes coming out of that out of that series were just um, were just those were just incredible. Um. You had uh, Pierre Maguire saying that uh, Connor McDavid need to have his Steve Eiserman moment because um, in a series where the team barely scored, the 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 first thing you should do is um, produce less offense. That that makes sense. Um, and then there was the whole uh, you know, well, Connor McDavid put up with this much much longer. They're wasting the years of McDavid and Drysidel. Um, this, what does Ken Holland do? This team is so far from contending. Uh, the uh, what else did I hear? Um, the ceiling of this team is like a third round. Te- it's like all kinds of shit. And hopefully, Colorado wins the Stanley Cup this year, and then uh, we can have a bunch of copycat teams copy them because of analytics. Because I, I'm not joking, Miles. I watched the Colorado-Vegas game last night, and I think Colorado is the best team I've ever watched. Like, with my own eyes. Like, I'm not joking. I think they're the best team I've ever watched. They're insanely good. Like, and they they toy with the other team. Like, it's 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 a joke. It, it's a, It's an absolute joke. And if they sweep Vegas, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, there's a few people saying that Colorado could win the cup with zero losses, which is not, I don't know, totally out of the realm of possibility. Um, I still think Vegas is a very good hockey team. I still think Tampa Bay is a very good hockey team. Um, by like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Because if this playoff has taught us anything, it's that uh, who you think is gonna might not yeah. do it. So yeah. it's Goal, totally goaltending. Goaltending voodoo also has a very large part to do yeah. with that. There was a tweet from. Uh, Pierre Lebron and he was like back in 2014 in Sochi I saw Carey Price actually yawn during the gold medal game in the third period so like Carey Price I beaked him I said he was washed up I said he was shitty I said he was over and he basically single-handedly just took out Toronto so dude he shows up man I I I don't it's it's I still think his contract is next level terrible but um he steals series man you're like Mark Bergevin it, got his win. Mark Bergevin yeah. got the dub. Oh, totally. This is this is the Habs version of a Stanley Cup. Like oh, this yeah. is because their ceiling is only so high. Like you can only go so far with the lack of high end talent on your team. Like I was doing some, uh, I was doing like some NHL twenty one roster editing over the weekend. Big time nerd moment, and uh, it's so funny to like basically like almost every team has one player that's at least like a high 80s low 90s Montreal is one of those teams that's like all mid 80s and that's like all of their guys is like they're they're a B plus team they're a great B plus team and that's about it like they're not they're like their their high end is not A plus their high end is like maybe an A minus but they will never reach that A plus threshold and uh, unless they acquire like that high end talent like if they were to get a guy like a Jack Eichel then maybe we're talking a bit a bit of a different story but like it's it, it's insane like 
the man, I know I'm kind of getting like all over the place, but like, how good is Brendan Gallagher? I love I, Brendan Gallagher. I hate Brendan Gallagher. Like, you hate him, like, as a human you, being. Really? Yeah, I don't, maybe that's a little too far. I don't know. I just really don't like Brendan Gallagher. He's he's just that he's just that pest player, and he reminds the, me he reminds me of a guy that I used to play hockey with that I didn't like just the way that he looks. So, it's is probably, it a, is it is it a thing where it's like if he was on your team you'd love him? Probably not. Like I said, he reminds me of a guy I used to play hockey with, and just looking at him makes me want to put him put his numbers through the boards. But uh, you know who Brendan Gallagher cheered for when he was a kid, right? Probably. I'm assuming if you're bringing it up, it's the Oilers, isn't he from BC? It, uh, he cheered for the Oilers. He was born in Edmonton, and he was raised in BC. Yeah. So, well, I mean, he's one, an ally. Well, the de- the devil used to be an angel too, Nolan. So. <laughs> That's deep. That's very deep. Um, any uh, any other things you wanted to touch on? I think I think I got most of the stuff about closing off the season. I th- I think I'm I'm pretty good now. I think I I think I'm satisfied with most of the stuff. Just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Patty, Mesh, Veeves, Jay, and Mitch, and any of the other Leafs fans that support us. Steak and bacon. Steak and bacon. Any of the other Leafs fans that uh, listen to the show that are are listening to this and have to suffer through uh, five to ten minutes of us berating you. It's not personal. Um, I wish you nothing but the best in the future. But... Oh, baby. Um, One more person that deserves a shout out. Uh, and that's William Nylander's barber. Um, <laughs> thanks for the worst hockey hair I've ever seen. The real gift is not having to see it anywhere near the Stanley Cup. Thank you. Uh, you know what? I, I feel really good about this now because then that means I don't have to cheer for Joe Thornton to win a Stanley Cup. I can cheer for him next year to win a Stanley Cup. As long as he's not in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not in Toronto. Like that's the, that's the only thing that pissed me off about him signing in Toronto was like, not only are you stealing Connor McDavid Valor, but then I also have to fucking cheer for you until you can win a Stanley Cup. But we don't have to do that, Miles. And this is good news. And uh, we're setting up for a... Uh, a North Division matchup that I think is ultimately going to be led lead to being swept by the Avalanche. <laughs> but, um, this this is like this is game theory, but every outcome is a loss. Actually, that's the third yeah. third or fourth <laughs> time that I've said that. But this might be the only actual legitimate outcome yeah. that like fits the model, the economic model. Jets versus Habs for the North. <laughs> that's a that's a stinky matchup. That's disgusting. Nobody yeah, wants that. Winnipeg yeah. fans don't even want that. Like, I don't even because like you can. There's it's weird. There's like a there's an edge to either side. Like there's an edge. Like offensively, obviously there's a major edge to Winnipeg, but defensively, obviously there's a major there's a major edge to uh, Montreal. Dude, Jeff uh, Pe- Jeff Petrie's lip lettuce on its own could potentially win that series man jeff petrie is making me so mad <laughs> he was traded for Edmonton. um you know who is just not good anymore shea weber uh I like i'm i'm off on shea weber though the tim hortons commercial where they're like pumping oh, all, yeah. all those new stick commercials <laughs> and that poor person has to be like oh, shea, shea weber, weber. Best player in the NHL. Like, could you imagine waking up everyone? You know that meme where it's the clown and he's applying makeup to his face? Could you imagine yeah. being a Shea Weber fan and waking up every day to put on your clown makeup and be like, Shea Weber is the best player in the NHL? Shea Weber, first ball Hall of Famer. <laughs> 
that's uh, like that that like that that Tim Hortons collectible stick commercial is I think might be the, the most Canadian thing ever filmed on 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 a piece of film a piece, um, a piece of a consumable a, media uh, <laughs> of consumable mega megapixels um Oh, Sheldon Keith on game five to seven. We didn't score enough. We didn't play in the lead with the lead, and that made it hard. Uh, no shit. <laughs> I yeah. always like that's the that's the equivalent of my dad giving hockey commentary during a game. Is like is like oh the Oilers are down by one goal. All oh, the Oilers need to score a goal in order to tie this one up. No shit, Dad. I want to share a message I got from Flames fan Kyle. The battle between Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Toronto to be Canada's most embarrassing franchise is absolutely electric. Constantly one-upping each other. This is what elite <laughs> performance looks like. Oh my God! It's I, I I said this to Taylor. Like I I okay I I'm I'm sorry to dance on the grave of the Leafs again. But no, like, you're not. Don't apologize. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no. This I'm is not. my this but is my Christmas. There, there's no denying this. This is a hundred times more embarrassing than the Oilers being swept, right? We're we're in agreement of that, right? I think I think without question. Oh, it, at you least we won a game. You do not, you do not build the lineup you built, and get fucking ev- eviscerated in the first round. Sorry, I shouldn't say eviscerate because they really didn't get eviscerated. But like, uh, it doesn't lost, matter. They you lost have no three, excuses. They lost three consecutive games. Yeah, they had like three chances to close them a out. Three-one lead. <laughs> oh my god! I want to. S- I want to smoke a cigar on camera, just like <laughs> you. Uh, uh, did you? Did you watch all of The Office? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it, it's like when Jim and Pam have their baby, and then Michael's in the in the in the hospital. He's like, "It's a baby, you see," and then he's like smoking a cigar, yeah. and then. The, the nurse is like, sir, you can't smoke. And he's like, and then he like puts it out. He's like, can't smoke anywhere nowadays. <laughs> Leafs elimination day, the only day I smoke. Oh, man. Actually, speaking of which, we need to have cigars the next time I'm there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll eat, we'll eat beef and cheds and smoke cigars, and then that way we can just completely clean out the system. That's human brain. <laughs> I'll take, uh, you have two bathrooms, right? Or you only have one? I have three bathrooms. Oh, fucking right! I forgot. I forgot you have one in your bathroom. Yeah, I would have a bathroom in my bathroom, Nolan. I think you mean bedroom. <laughs> this is this episode is entitled "Bullying" because I've been mean to Nolan. I've been too. I've been Don Cherry when he tells Ron McLean to shut up. This episode, <laughs> like, I'm sorry that you have to put up with me. Also, also a bit of xenophobia as well. <laughs> From Russia with love. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sayonara, Dmitry Kulikov. Your, your, uh, Thanks for your, your, your visit. Your visit was fun while a lot. Thank you for your service. <laughs> oh, uh, man. <sighs> what a night. What a night. Oh, what a night. <laughs> I don't know the rest of the words. Me but, neither. Uh, okay. I was going to say, I was going to start this off with Sweet Escape. But. Ooh, that would have been a good one. Yeah. Wee! Woo!